Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 115. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, I played that as an intro one other time, and that was when the Lakers got Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here we are, Lakers are the champs. Um, the 2020, uh, you know, the bubble champs. Um, it's been a great season. Uh, LeBron's legacy, uh, another finals MVP, um, you know, his fourth ring, AD's first ring, Rondo, first player, uh, well, not the first player, but, um, he got the 17th championship in two different franchises. Isn't he the first player to win a title with Boston and Lakers? Yes, I believe he is. That's a, that's a crazy accomplishment. Yeah, that's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, Dwight uh, came back to Orlando, the team he lost uh, in the city that he lost the finals with yeah. the team that beat him in the finals. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, see what other first was it? Um, Vogel's one of the few first year uh, champion. You know, first year on a team straight to the championship coaches. Right. It's only happened. I think they said four times or something. Four yeah, or five Kerr, times. Kerr is the recent one, and then I honestly can't even think of it after that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did Phil do it one of his times? I'm not sure, but it was a couple other ones that did it. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any other firsts that I'm missing? I think that was it. But, I mean, historic, historic, especially given the season. Yeah. Um, neutral location, which hasn't happened. Uh, you know, I, I think they did that a long time ago, like 60s. But, you know, now it's like, it's been a long, yeah. long time, at least, if the if it's ever been done. Yeah, man, what do you think? Well, Miami put up a good fight, man. They did. Uh, honestly, I think Miami kind of made it clear that they were the second best team in the league throughout the playoffs. Mm, okay, explain. Uh, but when Miami's clicking and their star power is carrying them when it needs to, mm-hmm. they could beat even the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And, and honestly, you know, we after this last game, we were pretty critical of Butler. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, more than anything, he looked exhausted. He did. Absolutely. Uh, and you saw the two games he was incredible. He was carrying the shot selection. They looked like... A great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that's that's kind of what I was more impressed with more than anything because, you know, I kind of I picked the Lakers coming into the playoffs. Uh, every round, I got more and more confident in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, they proved how good they are. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, anyone, I you know. Uh, people are already arguing with people who haven't even said it yet about it being like the easy road or something. Oh my God, dude, such nonsense. Did you hear people saying like before anyone even said it that like for those thinking this was the easy road, but I haven't heard anyone say that really. Dude, those same people thought the, that 
Portland is like, you know, a lock to beat the Lakers because they're playing better. Right. Yeah, it is. It was nonsense. Houston. I mean, they thought Houston would give them a game, give them a shot. Right. No shot. You know, I, and it's obvious. It's obvious that the Denver series was competitive. You know, it wasn't like, I mean, Lakers, they beat them, but it wasn't like it was a cakewalk. Cause, yeah, I mean, know. if if Danny Green hits the the shot in Game Five, then it's another four one series. That's to me closer than it the series score says it is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the Denver series was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, and then we see Miami, who battled all through the East, and, you know, they just, it was just at the end, it was just... Yeah, it's interesting how Miami comes back from this, because they have now, similar to Denver, they have arrived now. Mm -hmm. They're no longer, like, the up-and-coming, exciting Eastern Conference team that's, like, really close, but maybe they're not quite there. Mm-hmm. They're there now. You think so? Uh, I I believe so. Okay. Because they 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 have a roster of players who still have a lot of upside. Yeah. But it's their upside doesn't have to kind of like limit anybody else. Mm-hmm. Like Duncan Robinson's not going to come into next season, you know, like a driving slashing machine. <laughs> Right. And similar, I think like guys like Tyler Harrell will get a little bit smarter with their shot selection. Uh, they'll be a little bit more effective as playmakers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously they're going to get healthier. Yeah. Yep. And I, I think they're uh, – well, how, how do you think they're going to be as a regular season team? I think they're going to be fine. They're they're also built well to win games. But I'm saying you think they're going to be top four seed next year? Yes. Okay. Uh, to me, they... Like, the culture of them co- being competitive all the time doesn't just go away. Especially, it only gets better when you lose a finals. Mm, okay. Right? So the motivation is going to be there. Uh, and it's going to be up to Butler to... Butler's going to have to be a little bit more consistent. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, uh, but honestly, man, I, I'm excited about their roster going forward. Yeah, you know, I, it is going to... I think a lot of it does rely on the younger guys getting um, more acclimated to the league. Do they keep their um, heat? You know, no pun intended. Does Hero come out and still be an elite scorer or you know to have the team seen his game now and he's gonna you know take maybe a small step back but still be you know effective or is he gonna explode and be a a monster you know it's like kind of like how they said about Mitchell first year he exploded he was a freak then the next year he was really good still but you know they they felt like he was taking a dip and Tatum had the same thing happen to him. Right. And obviously, Hero wasn't as... I mean, his explosion is nothing like Mitchell's or Tatum's. But um, we'll see if he takes the leap forward or, you know, a small dip back. But 
to your point, I don't think it really affects the team too much either way. Yeah. Um, and I think the team is built that way. We'll see if see what kind of um, player we see at a Dragic next year. You know, he's getting he's aging, but yeah, we'll see if he becomes. But that's why that's why I like Miami because their roster is versatile enough mm-hmm. to like adapt to season like issues. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they could come back to bringing Dragic off the bench and be just fine. Yeah, and I think he would be just fine with that too. Right, and, and on top of that, like you said, Harrow maybe takes a small step back because teams are more prepared for him. Yeah, but again, Miami has plenty of scoring talent to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, it, it. Hopefully, they turn that scoring talent into a consistent scoring talent, and you know, again, we'll get into that when we talk about the game itself. Um, let's talk about the. What was it? That was game six. Let's talk about game five. We haven't talked about that, right? Yeah. Uh, by right. probably one of probably my favorite game of the playoffs. Yeah, mine too. It, well, definitely of the finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy was unbelievable. Uh, 35, 12, 11, and five. LeBron was unbelievable. <laughs> Forty, thirteen, seven, three. Yeah, you know. Um, and it was it's been a while since he had like a dominant perimeter game six threes yeah yeah i mean he was just draining them yeah i mean anthony davis played well i mean i'll tell you the unsung hero of the finals was caldwell pope 100 percent. i feel like he'll never get the credit he deserved but he was a consistent like aggression you know scoring threat out there all the time yeah um (laughs) <laughs> in contrast to Danny Green. Well, uh, Caldwell Pope showed that he's not exclusively 3 and D. Right. He, he could, did. you know, he could cut, he could curl into a layup. He's significantly more athletic than Danny Green. Yeah, and he also didn't let guys guard him that couldn't guard him. Like every time Duncan Robinson got on him, Caldwell Pope Pope tried to make something happen. Uh, eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even Harrow. If Harrow came out there, I mean, Caldwell Pope would do something to test yeah. the defense at all times. So that was that was really big because he would blow past him sometimes. He would, you know, look at the shot, at least make some moves to pretend like he's taking a shot, or then and then move it, and then it kept the defense on their toes, which was really big, really, really, really big. Um. Okay, so what do you think about the game? Well, Duncan went crazy. It's interesting. I thought the like Duncan did go crazy, but a lot of that was just because the Lakers like made stupid mistakes. Right. And that's been the problem with the Lakers is just kind of them shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, how do you lose by far the best spot up shooter on the floor? Like, how do you lose him on maybe four or five different occasions, and then you foul him on, like, three other occasions? Right. Yeah. That, to me, was really strange, uh, because seeing Butler dominate, like, I realized that if he gets help while he's dominating, Miami could easily beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think Dragic could have given him that if he was healthy the whole series. Yeah. 
And I think Dragic would have given him a good chance to take it to seven games. I agree. I agree. Especially uh, game the game before this one, game four. Because even more so than the other, like earlier in the playoffs, Miami felt like it was either Jimmy dominating or the team playing really well. Mm-hmm. Like it was never a combination of the two. And finally, in game five... Jimmy was dominating, but it wasn't. He wasn't completely alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, I mean, it showed, man. They executed down the stretch. And you know, I I think Jimmy really played the point for a long time in this game. And, and like he was the acting point guard on the court. He wasn't listed as the point guard, but I saw him really initiating the offense. And being the floor general on the court that game, yeah, and I, I think that's something that they gravely miss a lot of games. A lot of the times where the the team balance is out of order, where you know it's none Hero and Duncan taking kind of wild shots, and you know Jimmy is just running up and down the court playing defense. I, I see that they're missing someone. I don't see a lot of talking sometimes from Miami. You know, I don't see a lot of directing yeah. by anybody. And really, Jimmy is the only person I ever see do that. And when he doesn't do that, the team goes, it gets like so helter-skelter out there yes. to me. In this game, he was a complete general. I, it felt like no one did anything unless Jimmy told them to do it this game, other than Duncan because he was, you know, getting wide open. Yeah, but to me, like, he does that a lot. But what I think Butler needs to be better at is when he when he takes control of the offense, he can't take control of it only to try to get everybody else shots. Yes, exactly. Like, dude, it's okay if you don't set up your teammates for three, or three to five plays in a row. Mm-hmm. Because they're not getting good shots. Yeah, and a lot of times it's really not even setting them up. He's just passing. Right. It's just basic driving kicks. Yeah, and it's driving kick to someone who's, you know, not (laughs) all the way open. And it's interesting from this last game, and I was watching it with a friend of mine, and we kind of noticed when Butler is driving and kicking, he's a dual threat, where his drive is a threat, but his kick is also a threat. Mm Mm-hmm. But when, like you mentioned, when they get helter-skelter and everybody's trying to drive and kick, it's yeah. it's almost like they're just playing kick, kick, kick. Right, because you know Hero and Duncan aren't driving and dunking on you. But how many anything. times, and even in Game 5, how many times did guys drive just to pass the ball? Uh, you mean other than Jimmy? Including Jimmy, to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it just was frustrating that they were, like, over-moving the ball. Yeah. And yeah. the Lakers did a good job of, like, we're not going to overcommit to, you know, Jay Crowder driving in for a layup, but we're going to close out on guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, Miami couldn't comprehend that in real time, it felt like. And it seemed like the Lakers would force the kick man into a spot that they knew they could get to. Like they, a lot of times Jimmy would drive and the, the part that really annoys me and uh, compared to game five, I mean, between game five and six, 
Game five, when Jimmy drove to a spot where he could score, he scored it. Yes. And in game six, he would drive to the spot where he could score, and then... But before he even got there, you could see him looking to pass somebody the ball. It, someone who's not in a, as good of a position to score. Yes. You have Rondo on the block, and you're throwing it to Hero in the deep corner who had to take a you know sidestep and hit the side of the backboard. I don't understand. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, it looked like the Lakers would force them, force guys into the really deep corner with someone in the vicinity. They'd force guys either, like, straight to the top of the key where they were almost forced to take a three because if you drive, you know, they would recover. They would almost force them to, like, repeat the same drive. Yeah. Or, you know... Since Jimmy wasn't, you know, we're on game six now anyway, but. uh, Well, since we're like kind of straight to game six, it really, it was frustrating to watch. Wait, real quick. Um, Game five, really the Lakers should have won that game. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the one thing about Miami. They played spectacular, even though I think only seven guys scored, but they they still should have Lakers still should have sealed the deal. And it, it shows me that as good as Miami is, the Lakers probably still also have another notch. A hundred percent. And I want to wait to get to the Lakers okay, okay. a little bit, but okay. watching game five, I got excited because I thought Butler finally understands what he needs to do. Yeah. And I didn't expect him to have the same stat line in game six. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I, I mean, thought more often when they would start struggling, he would take the ball and, you know, run his own thing. <laughs> yeah, me too. But game six was a complete disaster. Yeah. I mean, it, was. it blew it blew my mind. It was over in a quarter and a half. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, you know, oh, they built a big lead, but we got to be careful. It was over. Over. I was I was shocked at how Miami like lost all the energy and fire they had in game 5. Yeah. Because, you know, we we've talked about Butler not being aggressive every time they've lost. Yeah. But my god, if Rondo's going to get layups all game, yeah. You're not beating the Lakers. Yep. And On your best defender, by the way. Yes. His first three layups were Jimmy Butler blow-bys. But on top of that, LeBron just killed you from the perimeter in the previous game. Yeah. So you overreact and let him get layup after layup? Yeah. I mean, it just it blew my mind... That first half, which is really all you need to talk about, there, there's nothing to talk about in the second half, obviously. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe I thought Dwight hitting that three was pretty disrespectful. <laughs> Extremely disrespectful. <laughs> but, yeah. but again, they're about to win the title, so you know I'm not swinging off of that. Right. But it just it was shocking how bad Miami was defensively, how lackluster they were as far as getting drives or being aggressive with shots. Yeah. 
and it just it just hurt to watch, man. Because in Game Five, they fooled me into thinking they have the blueprint for at least being in the game. Mm-hmm. And they it completely fell apart. It was very disappointing, deflating. Yes. It was just it was just <laughs> it was just sad, honestly. Sad. That's <laughs> can't really find a better word. This this game and some of the other finals games. It does take away a little bit of my confidence for them going into the next season. Not that they'll be I mean, I think they'll be good, but I don't I don't know if they'll be contenders if they you know, it's just they have these lulls where like no one leads. And Jimmy I don't know if he just gets tired of le- leading the team cuz you can lead and not go out there and get 35. I mean, you can do that. Right. It's possible. But Jimmy doesn't know how to do it, apparently. Um, or it d- at least it didn't look like it. And yeah, he did look tired. He looked exhausted. Um, but, you know, the Lakers, LeBron had 46 threes. He didn't look exhausted. You know, they're in the, they're in the same fight as the other team. So I, I don't want to say that Jimmy was like the only one tired. So he just couldn't do anything. It was clear for a lot of the game that it was just Jimmy just not playing. Honestly, there was a long t- period of time where I just forgot Jimmy was out there on the floor. Other than when I wasn't, you know, begging, yelling at the TV, telling him to shoot the ball. That's what frustrated me. It is, you know, I thought the Lakers being a game away from winning this series, I thought Butler would understand. Like, dude, there's no more like, oh, you know, we we lost, we'll come back. Like, if you lose another game, you're done. Yeah. And you've shown us that when you're aggressive full-time, Miami is a much better team. Yes. But as, as the Lakers were taking over, Butler didn't even try to stop it. On offense or defense. And again, that's exactly the craziest part about it is that he was – Lazy on defense. Really lazy. That just, man, I, I was just, like you said, it was sad. I texted you during the game and I asked, I mean, I said, I wish I could get the advanced stats to see how many missed shots came from Jimmy Butler passes. It was just, he would just pass, brick, pass, brick, pass, brick. It was just over and over again. Like, as a, as a player on the team, or at least on any team, if you're one of the three best players on the team, top three, and you keep passing and everyone is just missing shots, when do you say, you know what, maybe I should try shooting? I yeah. just don't, I don't get it. You know what it was? This last game, I got a little nervous because it's been kind of a trend with Butler all playoffs where he, like, he's never really had a bad game because... He doesn't really force anything until they need him to. Yeah. And even then, like, some games he just, when they need him to, he just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's more concerned with not having a bad game than mm. carrying Miami. And that's toxic. Yes. Uh, I mean, Westbrook doesn't even do that. Yes. Westbrook would have a but bad I, game. Honestly, I don't know how to describe it. it. I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've 
I, th- I think a, LeBron's been accused of that before. 100%. But LeBron is a leader. And the, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler, because I do believe he has leadership in him. But LeBron is a skilled leader. And, you know, LeBron could not play and probably lead the team to win the game. I mean, to beat the Heat the way they were playing that game. Yeah. Um. So it, it's it's a it's a big difference from Jimmy obviously being aggressive to Jimmy doing nothing. <laughs> uh, what did Westbrook say? Just running around out there, running yes. in circles. Butler was definitely running around out there. <laughs> Dude, when Rondo took him that third time, I was like, what? is going on he didn't even try to block it dude there was so many plays of like he was there but he didn't even make an effort to like really be there yeah i thought he was throwing the game at one point <laughs> i'm like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> it tough just looks so I'm not, I'm not accusing him of that but it just looks so bizarre that he was so out of sync on both sides of the floor <laughs> but... especially the crazy thing is, like, Miami wasn't just missing shots. It got so ugly at one point. Yes, that's what I'm saying, man. It was bricks. It wasn't missed shots. It was bricks. Air balls. <laughs> yes. Backboard. Side of backboard. Yes. Out of bounds. Dude, Harrow airballed, like, two floaters in a row. <laughs> he airballed one and got... And Davis blocked the other one. Oh, okay, and then, but... Kendrick just... Nunn shot those two scoops that Davis threw out of bounds both times. Yes. And they you know, were all from Butler. You know, all the passes were from Butler. Yes. And and that's where I really wanted to turn the game off was late in that first half. It, it was around the time when KCP got kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, it's no longer a 10, 15, maybe even a 20-point manageable deficit. Right. You're down 25 to 28 points. And Kendrick Nunn is sh- trying to shoot you back in the game? It's trying to drive on Anthony Davis, defensive player of the year, runner-up. I mean, I can't be mad at Nunn for getting aggressive, similar to what I said about Olenek. Right. Where that has to come back to Butler. If Butler's not being aggressive, when I catch the ball, what am I supposed to do? Right. And that's leadership. Yes. And you know... I talk about this a lot because I am a point guard. But I, it looks like they're missing a point guard on the team. Even though I don't think they'll necessarily use it. Like, I don't think they need that position. But they need that, like... You know, like, LeBron is a point guard, but he doesn't play point guard, obviously. Right. But LeBron's soul is that of a point guard. And that's where I don't see on Miami at all. And I notice it in these kind of moments where, like, most point guards would say, all right, we're not doing that anymore. You know, give me the ball, and we're two-man in game with Jimmy. Like, and that's it. That's how it's going to be. But, you know, everybody brings the ball up court for Miami often. Um, You know, Bam, Jimmy, Crowder brings it up sometimes, Hero, just Dragic, doesn't matter. Yeah, everybody but Duncan Robinson. (laughs) Everybody but him, yeah. I see no command of the ball or of a of a offense. There's no command yes. of the offense from any team. I mean, any player. Um, and 
Jimmy will command it and then just hand it to somebody else. But that's the thing of like a lot of these star players, they can command the offense when they're shooting the ball well. Mm-hmm. But Butler Butler acts like, well, I don't got it going, or maybe I don't I'm too lazy to get it going. Yeah. So I'm just gonna rely on the team. Right. It, you know, they looks <laughs> they look like the Clippers to me. In the last game. Yeah. Because I, I saw no order on the court. Yes. None. Um, I, you know, I saw guys who probably shouldn't be shooting, taking bad shots. I saw guys isoing who had no business isoing. The overpassing. Um, you know, I didn't see any rebounding. Uh, and they just all forgot how to play defense. An elite defensive team. I would consider any team with Crowder and Jimmy on it, an elite defensive team. If no one else, if it was all blind, uh, 11 blind players with them, I would still consider them an elite defensive team. And bam. And they did, I saw nothing. None of that. Everyone who wanted to score, scored. Yeah, everyone. That's that's the crazy part. I, I, I was, side note, uh, you mentioned Dwight. I thought it was really disrespectful that he didn't throw JR in there for a second. That's okay. I mean, you're up 30. JR can't get one shot off? Yeah. <laughs> Just one. He got like two shots he off the put, whole time. I thought, I, I thought he should have put in uh, Horton Tucker. Yeah, at least. Let let the rookie or whatever, second year, whatever he is, get some, you know, I mean, finals. It, it was obvious. LeBron and AD played way too long. Yeah, they could have went home. It was so late. unnecessary. They could have went and started, you know, getting the tops off the champagne. Yeah, but we know LeBron. LeBron definitely checked the box score at halftime. It's like, yo, Vogel, I got to get that up. Yeah. I know we're dominating, but, like, this finals MVP, I can feel it in my grasp. <laughs> you got to let me go get it because AD's not going to go get it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. And, um, you know, I mentioned Miami looking like the Clippers because that was my biggest uh, – my biggest criticism with the Clippers is that I saw no point guard play. I saw no leadership, no floor general. You can be a floor general and not be a point guard, too. I didn't see any floor generalship from them. Not at all. And even even when Jimmy was doing the driving and kicking, he could have directed guys where to be for the kick, not just, oh, wherever you're open. And then they were taking terrible shots. Yeah. And, you know, Hero and Duncan Robinson... Just because you catch the ball and your feet are set doesn't mean the ball has to go in the air. It doesn't. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, Duncan Robinson hits it sometimes, so I don't, like, blame him for doing it. But, I mean, come on, man. Every time? I mean, his fingertips touch the ball, and, and it's like it's already going up. Yeah, half the time he has to, like, jump and then change his mind because he realized, oh, I'm not open enough to shoot it. <laughs> yes, both of them. And and uh, the worst part is, because Jimmy is the only person under the basket, they can't get any rebounds because yes. he drove all the way to the paint to kick it out. Bam had to get out of his way. Yeah, and Bam now, is up there handing the ball off a lot of the time. Right, and now is is one on four on the rebound with Jimmy and the four guys who weren't defending the shot because they only needed one guy to be out there guarding the kickout. Yeah. So, 
I don't know, man. I, I don't want to. I don't think Spolstra did anything wrong as far as his coaching. I thought he did a really good job. Um, but they just got outplayed, man. It was a be- They were a better team. Honestly, uh, the Lakers more the, team. the more we're talking about it, and the more I kind of think about this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragic is severely underrated with how important he is for this team. Oh, for sure. Because a lot of what you were just saying with him, with like not having a point guard, Dragic is not a point guard, but he is a floor general. He is. He's definitely a makeshift. You know, he he'll yeah. he'll take the ball and say, "All right, you know, we're done with whatever that was." Yeah, exactly. I'm, just, I'm going to get buckets. He does it all the time. Yeah, and he, you know, he gets it like pick and rolls, and he's like, "Look, if I'm not open, I'll lob it or I'll throw it up or do something." Yeah. But this whole move it around so people could just chuck, it's not yeah. working. Yeah, Dragic is one of those guys that he can get you a good shot. It may not go in. Uh, it may be lucky. Yeah. But on this play, we're getting a good shot. He's one of those guys. He doesn't do it enough for the whole Heat team. But in times where he does do it and he's doing it well, they yeah. look great. You saw it in the playoffs. Like There would be a lot of games when Dragic would kind of be dominating the first half and early the second half, and then Butler would close it out. Yeah, the whole Boston series. Yeah, I thought at least two of the Miami-Milwaukee uh, Miami, games. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, that's all I got for the Heat, man. I, I hope next year... I hope next year, whether they appoint a floor general, whether they get one, whether someone, you know, uh, evolves into one, whether Jimmy just steps up and says, look, I need to get 18 plus shots off a game. You know, I, I said it, they're 6-0 when Jimmy scores, I mean, 6-0 with game five, when Jimmy takes 18 plus shots. That's it. Make or miss. Percentage doesn't matter. It's just aggression. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, if that changes. We'll see what Spolstra does. Um, they have a bright future, though. I mean, they have the guys that they don't need. They could easily replace with better. I mean, I think Iguodala is a great player, great veteran. But for what he did on the team, they can go get a scrub to do more, honestly. Yeah, um, you know, this last game, that was a small thing I was shocked at. Because they were struggling to score for such a long time, and Olenek didn't sniff the court until it was, you know, out of reach. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, dude, you got Iguodala rolling, guys are hitting him, and he's not a scoring threat. Right. So Iguodala's like initiating that overpassing possession, and you need Olenek out there. Yeah. So that was I mean, maybe the one criticism I had of Spolster for the last game, but. I mean, imagine like, and obviously I don't like him, but imagine inserting Ariza instead of Iguodala. Like, it would up it would upgrade them because Iguodala doesn't even really do what Iguodala is good at for them, very rarely. And they'd have a better scoring threat. They still have the defense. I'm just saying they have a lot of options where the guys that might not come back, Iguodala might retire. Um, you know, Solomon Hill, they probably won't bring back. Guys like that, they could easily replace them with an upgrade that would actually help them. Um, 
Yeah, I think they... Dude, Miami's so deep. They could upgrade just by playing certain guys more. Yeah. I mean, I mean Derrick Jones Jr. was evolving. I was begging for him all series. Both series. It was so frustrating. Series too, yeah. He got cooked for like three plays in game one, and Spolster was like, damn, you can't guard LeBron, you're done. <laughs> like, dude, Crowder's you and getting everyone walked. else in the league. Crowder's getting walked by. Yeah, he is. He was. <laughs> LeBron went left like 11 oh, times dude. in the finals. <laughs> he had 13 field goals. I think 10 of them were going left. All left-hand layups. Yeah. Or right-hand, you know, on the left side scoops. Yeah. Or just dunks on people. Yeah. I- I'm a Lakers little more confident play. in Miami moving forward because they have versatility. They do. Absolutely. And they, they show do. that they're not a team. To me, and this is maybe kind of presumptuous of me, but I don't think they require home court to win playoff games. Hmm. Yeah, maybe not. I don't think so. I mean, they made it this far without it. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. I just think their play style is a little bit more reliable than a lot of the other teams. It should be, and I agree. I I when they're when they're doing their play style right, even kind of right, yeah. it definitely is more reliable. Yeah. It's more consistent in general. Than most teams. Um, but yeah, I agree. Especially in the East. I'm really curious how they develop Bam. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm curious too. if they kind of involve him more, if they play through him in different ways. How much better do you think Bam can get? Um, honestly, That's man, the question. I, I don't know. I, I can't even tell because I would like to see him take more shots. Mm-hmm. But they, a lot of their like offensive sets don't really create him great shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every time he takes a mid-range, it looks really good. Yeah, it does. But for yeah. some reason, it's like they don't want him taking them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That That's the question I think they even have to answer. Because how they play through him is, you know, is he going to be any different ever? I think he could be, but how much? You know, I I think he could be a really strong post one-on-one threat if they use them that way. Yeah. I think he's too quick for a lot of post guys. I think if he catch he caught it, you know, um mid corner, a little drop step, jab, he's hard to guard from there. He's too quick. Yeah. And once he goes up, I mean, you know, forget it. He he could be good. He could be really tough. I'd like to see what they do with Hero. How how his shots look, how his shots look, and how you know abundant they are. I don't want him to be taking the most shots on the team. But yeah, um, well, I think with Dragic being back, I don't think that's going to be the case too often. I hope not. But you know, sometimes with when these guys have this these explosions i mean the teams try it they may not try it for the whole season but they may come out and say okay um no 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 i have more faith in spolster than that it's five scrubs and his hero it's the hero show for four minutes 
You know, not just him taking shots, but him being the primary, you know, ball handler, facilitator for a bench squad, bench unit. That's possible. I have more faith in Spolster than to kind of force playing through Harrow because they don't need to. Oh, he won't force it. But I, I just I hope he doesn't try it too hard. That's all. Okay. I, not not quite force, but maybe a step behind force. Um, he could, but he might get away with it. That's the worst part. I mean, Harold might be like that. You never know. Harold might come out and be averaging twenty next year. Yeah, I mean Miami's built for that to kind of work. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I like about them, but. We'll see, man. I, I, there's a lot of upside with Miami. Yeah. I, I think they'll have to really emerge one other uh, consistent offensive threat on the team. Either way, regardless of who it is. Uh, Bam, Hero, uh, none, anybody. And obviously, they have to have their primary one be consistent. Uh but yeah, that's enough about the Heat. What what do you feel about the Lakers? Oh man, I mean, they should be the overwhelming favorites going into next season. I agree. To me, and I made this point watching this last game. Uh, I realized the Lakers went through the whole playoffs, and you remember what we said coming out of like the eight bubble games. What? The one concern was they're not shooting the ball well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never really fixed that. No, they didn't. They went they through the entire... lost games with it. Right. They went through the entire playoffs struggling to shoot the ball. Yeah. And, and I think I realized this last game that they are by far the most dominant defensive team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. They can't, they can't match. And what kind of fooled me is that they can't be con- as consistent as maybe Toronto or even Boston. Defensively? Yes. Okay. But when they when they turn it on, there's no other team that comes even close to them defensively. I agree. And it's, agree. it's just such a good balance of size. Their guards have good quickness. Uh, and they're very locked into, like, you could see how they strategize for certain teams because mm-hmm. sometimes they do it to a fault where they kind of overanalyze certain guys. Yeah. Uh, but you see the preparation and the kind of game plan to stop certain things from other teams. Yeah. Uh, and to me, I mean, it is so important to be able to win playoff games not shooting the ball well. Yeah, it is. You look at every other team. Look at uh, Boston. Yeah. Can Boston win playoff games not shooting the ball well? Absolutely not. Not many. Very, very rarely. I mean, like, what's the blueprint for them winning multiple playoff games not shooting the ball well? Oh, multiple? No. No Exactly. One, maybe. But after that, no. But the Lakers could win series never getting going (laughs) from the perimeter. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying, like, they're so cold they don't make any, obviously. Right. But a lot of these teams, and Miami included, they rely on shot-making to, like, play well. 
Like, how often is LeBron the best shooter on the court? Pretty often. Uh, no, I'm saying, like, other than this year. Mm. Rarely has LeBron ever yeah. been the best shooter on the team. Yeah. But throughout this playoffs, he was the best three-point shooter in most of the games. Yeah, and I just thought, like, I, I kind of look back on every other team that's gotten eliminated, and I'm realizing that they don't, they can't dominate in other ways. Yeah. Like, they can't dominate to a point where they put themselves in, in a consistent position to win. Mm-hmm. Like, for Boston, somebody has to get hot for them. Mm-hmm. And they can't win games. I wish it could be Jalen Brown and, and Tatum getting to the rack. But they just can't sustain that. And the other thing is they, they're they not good at um, – they have to force it, though. That's the other thing that's different with between them and the Lakers. It really doesn't matter for the Lakers because you know who's going who's gonna to be leading the show all the time. Yes. But – Boston, because you don't know, it's like, all right, uh, like Tatum starts off forcing, he's off. Okay, let's try Jalen. Jalen forced it a couple of times, he's off. Okay, let's try, uh, you know, Kimba. He's forcing it, he's off. Hayward, are you open? Not really, he's too slow. Meanwhile, Smart's been forcing it the whole time. <laughs> right, it, but with the Lakers, it's like, okay, LeBron force it or not, and that's it. AD, you force it or not, and that's it. And everyone else picks up the pieces. It's because they have those two centerpieces and everything around them is so insignificant that it really doesn't matter who else is, you know. Everyone else just has to be steady. Because the, the other two guys The pieces are clear cut as to yeah. what they are. Exactly. And that's where, you know, we go back to the roles thing we talk about every podcast. But in Boston, clearly does not have that. They, don't, they have no idea who's... They have no steady players. But Boston is an example. You look at every other team. When when Denver can't make shots, Jokic looks stupid out there. <laughs> yeah. Because Jokic is doing that Butler thing and just like swinging the ball and moving the ball. And yeah. nothing is happening. Right. And, you know, do I, can I rely on Murray just being insane for a whole playoff run, that's not no. sustainable. No, and look, look at the Jazz. If anyone but, I mean, Donovan has to go crazy every night for them, every single night, because no one else can consistently make any shots. But you see, like staying with Denver, so they come back from two three one deficits because yeah. the other team falls into the oh we can match their play style right utah thought oh oh mitchell is averaging 50 oh jordan clarkson can't be stopped oh we can outscore them no problem that's <laughs> no, not your game no. utah you should know that and they sure don't I'm, I'm surprised quinn snyder didn't get fired for that blown lead by the way yeah, it should have been on the table. But, the but they were the low seed, right? Yeah. I'll give that's probably how he got away with it. But okay. it was only like two games behind, but still. <laughs> but you look at the Clippers did the same thing. Where yeah. it's oh we we could put up buckets. Like everybody could put up buckets just like they do in Denver. 
And he did get fired. <laughs> and Doc Rivers paid the price. Yeah. But you saw the Lakers, they never they never catered to what the Nuggets do. The mm-hmm. Lakers played their game the entire series. They almost lost the game. Then they got kind of destroyed. They didn't overreact. Right. They made slight adjustments, slight lineup changes. Their star players kind of shifted how aggressive they were, and it was over. Yeah. Just to me, the Lakers know who they are so much better than every other team right now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee can Milwaukee, Milwaukee when they can't hit shots, they make Giannis look like an idiot. Yeah, they do. And they look like they can't play offense. Now Brooke Lopez is shooting God knows what. Bledsoe, you're asking why is Bledsoe even on the roster? Yeah. And, like, I find myself having to ask George Hill to be aggressive. Who's never been aggressive. Exactly. I, I don't watch the Lakers and I'm like, man, Kuzma, you got to start taking shots. Like, yeah. it's just, again. They, they were up at by 28 at halftime and Kuzma scored two points the whole game. And he's capable of getting 30. I mean, you just have guys like that. Dwight is capable of getting 20, 20 and 15, and he scored three points. He really didn't even play. But it's so it's so tough to, to beat a team that has all these role players that can dominate games. Yeah, but exactly. don't need to. That's, that's And that's exactly my point. They don't, they don't need to even play. Kuzma honestly could have sat the game out. Dwight did sit the game out, and they're two of the top seven on the team. Yeah. At top eight, and then they, I mean, you, they still beat, I mean, they came back at the end, but they really beat them by 25. And, you know, this oh, box yeah. score like was Like I different, said, the second but, half didn't matter. Yeah, it, they beat them really by 30. And then they just coasted, just let them come back a little bit, because they were just already celebrating. It's easy. It's just funny to me. And we kind of mentioned the the lineup adjustments that Vogel's made, and he made another genius one in this last game. But again, yeah. another another reason for why their roster works so well. You take Dwight, you take your big men out, and you put Morris in the starting lineup against the Rockets. And it looked like you've been doing that all year. Yeah. And Morris was a deadline signing. Yep. And then you put Caruso out there, Instead of Dwight, and it looks like that's what you've been doing all year long. Yep. You you can't you can't make those kind of moves seamlessly without clear cut roles. Yep. They started Danny Green in the stat book. Danny Green started at power forward. Caldwell Pope started at point guard, and Caruso at the two. They just they're just getting disrespectful with the with the positions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean But the Lakers, and I've said this all playoffs, they can win in so many different ways. Yes. And another luxury they have that very few teams have, and they teams could have it, they just choose not to. The Lakers have the best um, you know, basket defense in the league. Hundred percent. They, and this is where the drive and kick ultimately met its downfall, is that, okay, go ahead and drive. You're go not a threat. 
Go for it. We have Anthony Davis. We have JaVale McGee. We have Dwight Howard. You know, two defensive player of the year candidates at any given time. And, and we have LeBron. Oh, you're not looking behind you? Okay. Iguodala knows. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they have... They're not worried about the drives. And then, obviously, with Caruso out there, they had these guys who could get to the qu- the kick so quickly. It didn't matter. I mean, that's what it looked like at the in the last game. They let Jimmy drive as much as he wanted to, and the other guys are ready to run out to the kick so fast. Like, it didn't look like anyone was ever open enough to get a clean look off because yeah. Caruso, KCP, and Danny Green were so fast to rush out there. And then, obviously, yeah. you know what happens on the on the turnovers. LeBron is gone. <laughs> yeah, that's because their defense is so great. That's why they win games not shooting the ball well. Yeah. Because they're, they're top tier of just everybody flying out. Yes. Like, what's crazy is the Lakers don't need to do that to win. But yet these other teams who need to do that don't ever do it. It, and it, I'm I'm telling you, man, this is why I see the positionless basketball. Is it's I can't see it lasting. When you have teams like this that use three centers every game, like three legit centers every game, they use all of them. I mean, they didn't use them in this last game because they didn't have to, because because Miami they barely use any centers. But um, you know, LA uses three centers and it's like fuels their defense. It's what makes them so dangerous because at any time they don't mind rushing out because if you blow past them, okay, you meet Dwight two time defensive yeah. player of the year. You meet the runner up this year. Yeah. I mean, and they have these guys, they rotate so fast. They got guys. I think, I think their roles on defense may be even more defined than their roles on offense. That's... Because JaVale McGee comes out there and knows, I'm not doing anything out here but blocking shots. That's it. That's my job. I know I might be out in three yeah. minutes, first three minutes. Use my fouls up. That's fine. And Dwight, he's always loved blocking shots. I mean, the last couple of years, he looked like he was out of it. You know, he's had his issues, the health and everything. But one thing Dwight was so famous for was he loves to block shots. He blocks and energizes him. He laughs, he jokes. Yeah. You know, remember the binoculars, the, you know, blocking the sun. I can't see where the ball yes. went. Fuels it, fuels the team's energy with that. And and that's his role. I mean, who else? Name two players on the same team in the league who love blocking shots. In the whole league. I, I don't think there's an answer. And, I mean... I don't even have to talk about LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's, you know, mouth starts watering when someone is not has a wide open to him. Ring. Yes, yes, <laughs> you see it in his eyes. Yeah, his eyes definitely light up when he sees guys like slowing down for layups. When he sees guys that he knows are, is not going to dunk it. Yes, he's coming for it every yes. time. He loves it. So I mean, they they. They got guys who love defending the rim. I can, I really cannot name any other team that has more than two players, really more than one player who legit loves defending the rim. Yeah, and, and to kind of add to that, 
along with the shot blocking, everybody on the Lakers goes for rebounds. They do, yeah. On both ends. Yeah. Like this whole... This whole rebounding is up to the bigs or crashing is for, like, the the shooters or whatever. No. Like, your whole team has to be committed to rebounding. Caruso would get tap out after tap out. Rondo. Yeah. Danny Green gets them from time to time. Yeah. Like, you don't even notice it with Danny Green because he's shooting the ball so bad. But he's still hustling. He's still trying to play defense. He's, He's active. Yes. A lot of these guys on other teams, oh, my star player's not playing well, or oh, we're not playing well. I'm going to bullshit just like everybody else is. You know what part of that is? I mean, a lot of it is the roles, but part of it is the fact that Vogel, they're so deep in the guys that are willing to play and that Vogel is willing to put in the game. These guys use their fouls, man. They don't mind. Yes. Caruso... Definitely does not mind using his fouls. Danny Green does not mind it. Yeah, KCP and, does not mind. And they fool cause, you because they complain a lot. Yeah, but they, but they, they hack like crazy every game. They'll go out there and hack again. In Miami, of all teams, I don't understand why they don't. They aren't like that. Yep. It should be so aggressive on D because what do you lose? Okay, um, Crowder's out. Let's bring Dragic in the game. Like it's. It's not that big of a deal. That's the team they should be. Yeah, that's what that's crazy to me. Like Crowder is a guy who could easily get in foul trouble and like not really. You don't lose much. Yeah. But Crowder like gets so frustrated when he takes a couple fouls. Yeah, and Duncan will get blown by before he uses a foul. Just foul, reach. Yeah, he either uh, against Boston he only fouled. Right. He either only fouls or only gets blown by. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's okay if they foul because they do have enough guys, enough pieces where they could next up and it doesn't, you know, throw the whole game out of whack. Um, but the Lakers know that and they use it. And they use it, man. I mean, they, another team that has no reason not to use their fouls is the Clippers. Foul. Be aggressive. Especially the big men. Yeah. It should never be an easy layup. Zubac, we don't need you at all. Foul. Montrezl, come in. Foul. Yeah. But part of that is the coach because Doc never put Joachim in the game. So, you know, they act like, oh, we, we can't get in foul trouble down low because we have no other center on the team. Or we can't get in foul trouble with the guards because we have no other point guard other than Lou Williams on the team. And then he... You know, Reggie Jackson misses the whole game sometimes for no reason. But I don't see that with the Lakers. Yeah. Morris can foul, you know, next up. It's just crazy to me. Like, the Lakers kind of fool you because they complain so much. Mm -hmm. But they're constantly aggressive. They're constantly trying to make plays. Yeah. They just complain because, you know, that's what LeBron does. So LeBron feeds the rest of the roster to do the same shit. And LeBron can, like, talk to the officials almost any way he wants. So now these other guys get encouraged. But make no mistake, it's not them just hacking for no reason. It's not them hacking because they're idiots. Right. They're trying to get steals. They're trying to block shots. They're trying to take charges. Right. And when you watch Jimmy Butler in this last game... 
barely contest a Rondo layup, I mean, if you're not going to shoot the ball, then you should use your fouls. Yeah. It's what just... do we out, need you out here for if you're not shooting? Exactly. He shot 10 shots. Is that it? Uh, Yeah, 5 for 10. That's unacceptable. I'm not losing by 30 and my best player only takes 10 shots. That's not happening. But it's not, that's not like a, he couldn't get shots. He just didn't even try. I know. I'm saying as a coach, I can't, I, I wouldn't let that happen. Yeah. I, I said, you know what? How about you four guys don't even go up court. Jimmy, I need a shot. I would say, I would tell other other four guys stay in the backcourt until Jimmy starts taking shots. But that's what's... Because it's ridiculous. The Lakers constantly show how to overcome things like that. Because when LeBron doesn't want to take shots, he doesn't, he doesn't like, force-feed the role players. He force-feeds Anthony Davis. Yep. But to me, a lot of these other teams, for some reason, they spread the ball even when they're not playing well. Like the Clippers. Every team, the Clippers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, uh, Boston, even Miami. I mean, any, any of the other teams that are considered contenders. Yeah. And to me, honestly, nothing that's going to happen during the regular season outside of the Lakers losing an insane amount of games uh, mm-hmm. will is going to change my mind as to who the best team in the league is. Yeah, me too. Because now the Lakers are in the driver's seat as far as the narrative goes because they can just focus on the Clippers. That's the only team that they have to prove that they can beat. Right. It doesn't matter what seed they are. I mean, they'll be a top two, three seed. Who? The Lakers. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And to me now, the Clippers, they don't have that luxury of, oh, we're ready. We're getting ready for the Lakers. LeBron is rarely the number one seed, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's not a... He doesn't need it. Even with Miami, they weren't the number one seed every year. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you're right. He definitely... I mean, he definitely wouldn't care about number one seed. He doesn't mind knocking anybody off in the yes, playoffs. Yes, and now the, it's flipped because the Lakers could zone in on the Clippers because they're going to have, you know, a pretty easy time throughout the season. Yeah. But the Clippers can't do that anymore. No, they can't. The Clippers now have to prove that they could beat whoever's in front of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I mean, the Lakers are going to have to, like, really lose for them to not get another title. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. So you think they'll almost have to lose it and not get beat? No one's going to beat them. Nobody. Just have to... I, I can't picture anybody beating them four times. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look at how incredible Butler had to be to even get two games. Yeah. And they barely got the two games. They really shouldn't have got the second game. Right. Because, I mean, look, Danny caught a lot of, uh, you know, hate Way this too year. Much. But, but I, went, I was still... 10 out of 10 times, I would still pick Danny to hit that shot. If you, if you pause the game when Danny caught the ball, I don't care how many times I do it, I'm betting on Danny making the shot. It's crazy I mean, how people forgot how like historically great he was for the Spurs. I mean, this year with the Lakers, he's hit some ridiculous shots. 
Didn't he hit that one in um, Dallas? Against Dallas. Yeah. yeah, in the corner. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, if you pause the game when he catches it, I'm still putting my money on him making it every time. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's... It was funny. It was funny how brain dead Morris was for the three seconds he had the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I definitely think his like his brain turned off. Uh, it would have made more sense for him to just shoot a little one hand yes. floater from there. <laughs> yes, or dude, give it back to Danny. Dude, he, he caught it. He caught it. I'm like, all right, either shoot it or move it. He was like, no, nah, I need more space. But then when he created that space, you could tell it was to pass the ball. A bad one at that. And then he picked, like, the worst pass attempt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was really bad. But, no, man, I, I just think the Lakers are just so dominant. They are. They could kill you in exactly what you don't do well. Yeah. Where you look at every series. Portland can't rebound. They can't sniff the series no uh or the can Rock- they score inside the rockets aren't big enough to rebound then the guards are going to get tap outs all series long yep and denver is kind of you know whatever denver was struggling with denver is a little bit more versatile but mm-hmm. whatever they struggled with the lakers capitalized on it yeah they're denver is just soft yeah. I mean, they, they don't struggle with anything skill-wise. They're just soft. Because you see the game they won was when they had to, like, really get rugged. Yeah, Jokic yeah. had to be OD aggressive. Other than that, I mean, they just outplayed Denver every time. Out-hustled. Like, the Lakers, nothing they do in free agency is going to make or break them. Yeah, plus they're, they're getting Bradley back and maybe team. Cousins back. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's they could just—they be... could go back to doing the same thing. They like Rondo doesn't have to do anything until the playoffs come. Rondo doesn't have to play until the playoffs come. That's what he did this year, right? <laughs> he played um, like ten games this season. He did miss a lot of time. I remember every time he came back, he'd be gone again before the week was over. Yeah, um, he's, he's one of those like random injury guys. Yeah, he gets injured like in practice a lot, it seems like. I will say, I was pretty scared uh, when AD messed up his foot. Yeah. Because the yeah. way he grabbed it looked really scary. Yeah. LeBron's teams also are the goats at being dramatic with injuries. Yeah. LeBron. Dude, when LeBron checks for blood, I cry laughing every single time he's bled like once his whole career (laughs) yeah when Ibaka broke his nose on that dunk oh then twice because remember when he fell into the camera oh yeah 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 he's bled twice his whole career and he checks for blood at least twice a game (laughs) he'll get hacked going to the basket and check for blood like LeBron, LeBron, like, can't comprehend that sometimes he just gets fouled. He always thinks it's, like, excessive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cra- <laughs> Did you see the memes of Crowder hacking him? But it's like when Crowder... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff, man. 
good finals. It was there were it was a very enjoyable finals for me still. Yeah. Um, very enjoyable playoffs. The bubble was very successful. Congratulations to the NBA. Thank you to all the workers. Thank you to Adam Silver for getting it done. You know, the guys who opted out, you guys look like dummies. Um, what am I missing? It's interesting where, like, how they're going to do next season. Did they say? I mean, they didn't say. I uh, I'm, I can't imagine they're, like, going to decide really quickly, but mm-hmm. it doesn't look like the virus is going anywhere. Right. So, yeah. like, I'm not, I can't picture a scenario where in three months we're just fine. Or four or five months we're just fine. Do you, what do you think about um, traveling fanless games? I guess. I mean, like the like the how the NFL is doing basically. Like the teams still are home, you know, still practice at home, but you know, traveling. I mean, if anybody's setting a bad example, it's the NFL. Right. Uh, but again, like baseball had that initially and they've kind of overcame it mm-hmm. uh but now they're doing a bubble for the playoffs i think oh okay i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure on that but they haven't had any positive cases from what i've seen mm-hmm. and there's no way that's happening with guys you know going home coming to games like living regular life right uh and to me that's I, I want to know how long the season's going to be before I see, like, see how confident I am in it working well. Because mm-hmm. uh, if it's like a 40-50 game season, then I think they can make it work. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think if that's a possibility, and I'd roll with it for sure. Yeah, uh, let's see. What, what else we got as far as NBA goes? Um, Has... No coach has been hired since we last talked, right? No, I don't think so. Okay. I saw Billy Donovan's kind of shaking up his uh, Chicago staff. Oh, yeah? He fired fired a number of assistants who have been there for a long time. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't remember the names because it it wasn't really people that I was familiar with, but... I like that. uh, Yeah, man, he's doing... He's trying to, like, set it up the way he wants to do it. Yeah, if you hire me to change the culture, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yes, I'm. I'm excited that Chicago was committed enough to get somebody to do that. I wonder if he'll bring in um, uh, Mo Cheeks. Um, he, that's usually he's been his his assistant. You know, every time Billy's been head coach yeah. so far this in the NBA. But okay, she hasn't hired Cheeks. a new coach, have they? No, not yet. I totally forgot they were looking for one. Yeah, it shouldn't matter too much with CP there. No, um, I think it, I, it... Not as much as some of the other teams, but it should matter. Oh, yeah, it'll matter. But I, I, I don't think it's going to, like, take them really a lot further or a lot shorter either. Yeah. Uh, if they go shorter, it'll be because other teams got better, I think, before... Yeah, um, I'm. I'm they, OKC's biggest concern is like how the roster develops. Yeah, Gallinari said he's looking for a championship. I mean, he he said at his age, he's done 
building teams. He just he might just go somewhere to get a ring. So mm. he may be on the move. He's trade bait for some teams. Yeah, for youth. You gotta be careful with him. He he's very easy to. Um, he's very quick to join toxic culture. Yeah. Like if there's selfish behavior, he'll add to that. Absolutely. So. Uh, Absolutely. It'd be curious. I, I mean, but talent wise, he would he could help a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see other news. Oh, what are, <laughs> you want to talk about? Uh, Doc trying to lose his job already. Is that real? Because. I haven't seen any of the that like those trade potentials. Dude, it's, I, it's the third time I've seen it. I've seen it on multiple apps too, but I mean it, it's going away now because so much Lakers stuff. But yeah, um, I, I, I'm gonna stick to the the whole trading Ben Simmons for the top pick. Yeah, I just it's it's hard for me to imagine Doc is that stupid. <laughs> yeah but then i go back to like you really opened my eyes talking about you play point guard for 20 years every time you've been successful as a coach it's when you had a top tier point guard yeah but nope no floor leadership no floor general this all year right um to me so and seeing this on top of the the rough season they had, or so, rough into the season, so as soon as he gets there, he'll trade his floor general. I mean, yeah, I just bizarre. it blows my mind if that's real. I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, Elton Brand, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why did it take three days to hire Doc? Yeah, that that was bizarre to me. Doc, dude, Doc had to have come in there and he painted like this vicious idea of what they could do. And, yeah. and they, the Philly front office sat there and ate that shit up. I can't imagine them, you know, interviewing anyone else and then saying, yeah, we want Doc. Doc, With you're Billy the guy. Out there, how he, how he did. Um, Jason Kidd is out there. I mean, they compared Ben Simmons to Jason Kidd at one point. Um, you know, they got all, all these guys out there, and Doc is the one that, you know, one interview, we're done. We got him. This is it. First shot, first try. I'm telling you now, if they if they have the same results they had with Brett Brown, and they look the same, like, chaotic, uncoordinated team basketball in the playoffs like they did with Brett Brown, yeah. I'm calling for Doc's job as soon as they get sent home. <laughs> Doc does not get the luxury of two, three, four years to build. No, no, no. The team is built, Doc. Yeah. Either you're trying to fuck it up with these ridiculous trade ideas, or right. you're really that good of a coach, and it was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who fucked you over. He, um, I mean, he just traded Tobias there, right? Yes. Wasn't that his doing? Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, he really just needs, they just need some free agents, really. 
as far as the team goes to be a competitive playoff team, they should not be losing in the first round with this team right now. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know how much money they they have to offer, but mm-hmm. if KCP really becomes available, I wouldn't be surprised if they overpaid for him. For him specifically? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Because Josh Richardson is like, he's just too good to fit with Embiid and, and Simmons. Mm, if that makes okay. sense. Maybe not yeah. good, but maybe he's slightly too versatile to play with those guys. I, I, think, he, I think maybe he's also like too energetic. To play because like he's not someone that fits directly in offense and like you just he's just there waiting for the offense to develop yeah because he's better with the energy he's a good momentum scorer you know if the team is hot all of a sudden he hits like three big shots in the middle of the run like that's something he does well but the, yeah. the 76ers don't play like that but maybe they will now but Based off what Brett Brown was doing, they definitely he definitely was not a good fit. I agree completely. And JJ was good because that is what JJ does. He just sits there until it's time for him to get open. Yes. He'll run around in circles, run out of the way of the other players, and just say, oh, here I am. Hit me. I'm open. But Josh, Josh him doing that is definitely a waste of him being on the floor on offense. Yeah. I, I will say... If, if they don't get any, like, starter changes, if they don't sign at least two, like, role players that are getting signed to contribute, mm-hmm. I'm roasting them all year. I think you're going to be roasting them all year. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> I think I think um, that'll be the exact same I'll be thing. ready. And if, if, and if Ben Simmons is not finally taking jump shots... I'm roasting them all year. Dude, it's been it's 4 or 5 years. <laughs> yeah. Dude, why are you draining them every like you're draining them in 82 warm-ups out of the year. <laughs> but you don't even take them. And the, the two games he did end up like just taking shots, he was cashing them. Yes. <laughs> I've watched two straight off seasons. Him draining jumper after jumper. Yeah. The season comes around, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm not the designated shooter. Everybody else is. Really? Really, my guy? You really want Tobias Harris chucking shots? Please. Please. <laughs> you really want Josh Richardson chucking shots? Right. God forbid, Shake Milton? Alec Burks? Dude, they got to upgrade that bench. They have to. Yeah, they do. If Doc, if Doc or whoever is running the the roster moves there right now, if they don't make some kind of depth additions, they're going to lose the same way. Mike Scott and Glenn Robinson the third is not going to cut it. Opposite. They're not going to cut it if you're not even going to play them. <laughs> Corkmaz has to go. Oh yeah, Please. that's that that was a huge L. He's someone that should not be playing. Raul Neto should not be playing. Not for a playoff team. Raul Neto was getting cooked by like 
every shitty point guard I could think of. TJ McConnell, check. <laughs> Quinn Cook, check. I've never seen a team throw away so many good players as the Sixers have in the last three years. But again, like, this, the coaching, the finally making the coaching change, uh, you, you, you're letting us know that it's been Brett Brown that's been the problem every year. In their opinions. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They and are. to me, Doc, if Doc is not on a short leash, then you're, you're not, you're not a good organization at that point. Because mm-hmm. you're, at that point, you're too stubborn to really, like, change whatever is not going well. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's, that's who they've been over the last, you know, five, ten years. Yeah. What um well uh they said Mike Brown is the favorite for the Clippers job. They <laughs> They said he went in there and wowed the Clippers. You Uh-oh. didn't hear that? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Hold on, wait. I got to I got to read exactly what it said cuz it made me laugh. Uh Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to be clowning the Sixers either way. Why? Because uh, Al Horford and Tobias are still there on the same exact contracts they've been on. Oh, yeah, for sure. So That's why I don't think they'll afford anybody yeah, else. I They're... take back everything I said. They're going to be a fake like Eastern Conference up-and-coming team. Mm-hmm. But at, you yeah. know, at a certain point, you're not up-and-coming. You've reached your limit. Yeah. When was... um. When was Mike Brown coach of the year? With LeBron? Yeah. It says, One of the... Uh, it was either 09 or 2010. Okay. Because they had back-to-back number one seeds that those years. Right, right. Uh, Mike Brown has made a strong impression during his interview with the LA Clippers and is an emerging candidate for the head coaching vacancy. Clippers are trash, man. <laughs> Ty Lue's out here traveling from city to city, and they're acting like he's the top-tier contender to be signed by all these teams. You know why the Clippers are a joke? I mean, this is how you know the owners know nothing about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> they interviewed Darvin Ham. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I have a contender, contending team. I have two defensive player of the year perennial candidates. And I'm interviewing Darvin Ham? Come on, man. Let's knock it off. Knock it off, LA. Dude, I don't understand this this whole this whole shift of like we got to find like that great former player mind to come in and make us exciting and make us, like, really creative. Yeah. Like, they act like Steve Kerr made the Warriors great. No, he did not. Like, dude, you you don't come into a limited roster, and for a limited roster, you need a coaching experience. You don't need creativity. No. The creativity was there already. I mean... Kerr took them in an emotional direction, but it was like 
Look at who they have. Steph was the greatest shooter in college basketball history. So what difference? What changed? Yeah. It's the same three-point line. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and it, I don't know if it's ever since then or maybe even a little before that, but this whole this whole shift to like... It might have been Doc. <laughs> but Doc, <laughs> Doc put the time in, you know what I mean? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you mean. As yeah, far yeah. as coaching? That wasn't his first head coaching job. Yeah, you're right. Right. So Doc is, you know, he's, I understand the excitement if he wows you in an interview. Mm-hmm. But, like, Ty Lue? Ty Lue who got carried by LeBron and Kyrie? And then just LeBron? Yeah. I mean, if you didn't see the fact that LeBron was carrying the team in every way imaginable, you weren't watching the games. But... And also, the thing is, they were in the finals with Blatt, right? Yes. Any team that goes to the finals the year before, I'm not putting anything on the coach yes. that comes after that. Nothing at all. Any team that looks like they were on their way to the finals and the coach just comes and happens to get the, you know, a slightly better environment or, you know, like the, um, like some teams there's been like a bad injury and then, you know, they lost and then the coach gets fired and then the new coach comes and that person that was good is no longer injured and they go further. Like, duh, that's what happens. They have the full strength of the team. I mean, yeah, anything like that. I'm not, come on, man. Like Ty Lue, Black already did it. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. Like, I don't know. The, the moment I could really remember where I kind of lost faith in these organizations really valuing, like, the coaching search was <laughs> yeah. uh, 2013 Memphis Grizzlies. When they fired Lionel Hollins after oh, he took yeah. them to the conference finals with no offense. Yeah. And then they thought they were going to get better with another coach. Who has never coached, right? Wasn't it was it Jaeger? Jaeger, I think, was the next one. He he coached D League before that or something? Yeah. Yeah, man, come on. And again, like come on. a lot of these I don't know what it is. It's just different situations that fool the stupid organizations. Lionel Hollins is an exceptional coach, by the way. Hundred percent. I've never seen him do a bad job. A hundred percent. And you look at like you bring maybe Nick Nurse, right? He comes in and he slightly elevated what Toronto already was. Yes. Like, you don't get that if you don't have an already good culture set up. Yeah. They've been number one seed three out of the last four years. Yes. I mean, and you know, they add a better player. It is, you're right. It's crazy. I think, like, they think... I don't know why organizations believe that there's this lightning rod of a coach that can come in and just boom. Yes. Now we're in yes. the finals. So, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm really starting I mean, to see it in the NFL a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like it takes you so long to blame the coach. Uh, and, but then like when, and the other coach has the same problem, you still don't want to look at the roster. 
Right. So I just don't understand how some of these organizations think, I guess. NFL is even worse because there's so many, there's so much responsibility as a coach. Yeah, it's coaching in the NFL is infinitely more important than in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they have to hire the right staff. Sometimes it's the staff that isn't right. You know? Yeah. For both. But, yeah, man. Again, Doc had a staff full of point guards and had none on the court. The the bench had all the point guards in the organization. <laughs> you had literally your like three point guards sitting side by side. <laughs> yes, and there's none playing in the game. And there's and there's bad shot after bad shot, and none of these three all time point guards. Well, <laughs> Ty Lue being an all time role player point guard, three championship point guards. Yes. None yeah. of them had the the nerve to come into the timeout and say, "Look, somebody's gonna have to like organize what we're doing." Right. Cassell's been in the playoffs like his whole career <laughs> for like 30, <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, I, I don't, I don't understand. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I hope he doesn't shake up the Philly assistant coaches whoever they are but I don't trust him to hire good assistant coaches I'm really curious who Houston's gonna hire I'm curious who Houston is gonna hire and where D'Antoni's gonna go both those things I'm curious of if they dude if they hire Ty Lue there's 29 teams as far as I'm concerned well, 28, because the Knicks are, don't even exist in my eyes. <laughs> oh, you're saying they're just completely out of the league if they hire him? In my eyes, yes. They said um, it's a good chance. Yeah, he, he impressed them or some shit like that. No, they said that the uh, former Clippers players that are on the Rockets and the Rockets players really back him. As the head coach I'm not, on either I'm, I'm of the teams. I don't want to disrespect. Like, Ty Lue, he clearly has a connection with players. And yeah. that's a valuable skill to have. Absolutely. But to me, like, considering him, like, this up, upper tier of free agent coaches is, is nonsense. It's nonsense because if he was, he would be coaching. <laughs> yes. He would already be a head coach. Those guys, look at the upper tier of head coaches. They never miss a year. To be head coach. Look at Doc. Like three days he wasn't a coach. <laughs> Billy was not a coach for a week. I mean, look at um, uh, Casey. He had like a week. He was a coach already. Yep. So look at the top tier coaches. Great point. Yeah, I mean, Lou and Mike Brown may be in the same level. Um, you know, I'm, I think- I'm taking Mike Brown any day of the week over Ty Lou. I'm saying, yeah, me too, because he is, he, he's shown me that he can do it with yes, nothing. Yes, Um, But uh, I'm saying right now, I could see them being in the same realm, but you, you, you can't put Lou up there with the, these guys, man. I mean, I, I think Billy got robbed for Coach of the Year this year, but he's proved, he's proven over these last couple of years, he's a top-tier coach with these yeah. teams. It, it's crazy that they... The Clippers are in such a shitty spot because you got 
your your star players disrespected, you know, uh, a coach with credibility, a coach with a rep, like a good reputation, a proven yeah. coach. Yeah, they disrespected him. They ignored him, or they just weren't willing to listen. Whatever it was, and they did it before. Right. I mean, Kawhi's disrespected all his coaches. Hundred <laughs> percent. But the, uh, like now, you're in such a shitty spot. Like if you bring some young up and coming guy whether it's a former player or like a assistant who's kind of been getting people excited for a lot of time. Yeah. How are you going to handle adversity? Right. Well, yeah. we'll see, man. I got a hot take. I think Brad Stevens is done this year in Boston. Like this upcoming year? I think before uh, the beginning of the twenty. 20- 22 season the 21 22 season okay he'll be on a different team um, or not on a team at all that is a I hot think, take i think maybe even mid-season but uh, i'll give him the end of the season but after that nah he's done if they don't go straight to the finals this year which they won't he's done yeah i mean the more i think about it yeah you're right i, I don't i think he could stay, but as a if I'm Danny Ainge, I just don't know why. I mean, what for? I'd bring Doc back before I kept him again. Okay, but to his credit, if he's gone, he it won't be very long before he gets hired oh, again. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think he could coach any team. I think this team just has... And, you know, we've criticized them, the players, enough, but I, I think this team... This happens to a lot of coaches. I think they're just out-talenting him. There's just too much talent for him. I think Terry Stotts is in the same situation. There's way too much talent on the team for Terry Stotts to know what to do. I think Brad Stevens is just like, he's just overflowed with talent. Because there's no reason why he can't figure this stuff out to me. I I agree with you, but I think Terry Stotts' situation is a lot different. He's, I mean, it's a lot different because he's more stale and he's just not as good of a coach in general, but, but no, 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 but nobody wants to play defense for Terry Stotts. Yeah. But I mean, that's part of his job too. No, that's what I'm saying. People, Boston plays defense. Oh, but they, but Portland has guys who can play defense. They just don't. Portland has the tools to be. As versatile as you need them to be. Yeah. And yet they're none of that. That's what I'm saying. No, you're right. But I think it's... Terry Stotts is a lot more glaring of a of an issue than... Oh, it, it is. It absolutely is. Because but... I'm not as sold as you are that Stevens has like too much talent that he can't make it work. I think he can make it work, but he's not doing it. I don't, I'm not that's saying fair. I don't think he has no capability yeah, to do that's it. A I fair think he's way to put it. He's twice as good of a coach as Terry. Stotts. It's more than that. Three times. Mm, yeah, if you <laughs> keep going up exponentially, maybe like four or five. Right. I I I absolutely believe that. I think he can do it, but he's showing me at the point that he's having trouble doing it, and that's fine. Move on. I, I need someone to do it now, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? As yeah. from a owner's perspective, okay, yeah, you know, maybe in three years you can figure it out, but 
Who, what team wants to wait? I just think Boston, in my eyes, is more at a point where you look at what the players are doing. In Portland, it's a lot more of what the coach is doing. Mm, okay. As far as how they're losing. Yeah. Because Boston's in a position to win every year. They are. But are they in a position to win because of their talent or because of the coaching? I think it's more coaching. Mm, not, that's not a good way to put it. I would I say it's. The... I would say it's more even than you would think. Oh, okay. I get. I get you. I got you. Because, like, dude, they they're a top tier defensive team, and looking at their roster, they shouldn't be. I don't know about. Well, maybe with Kemba out there, they could get stops. <laughs> Just one player. Dude, the Warriors, Warriors couldn't were... get stops for years with Steph out there. They were still, on paper, a top-tier defensive team. You're right. But in the finals, they in the key playoff series, they struggled <laughs> to get stops. Yeah, they did. I mean, yeah. it, doesn't, it didn't matter because they are you know, offensively unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, but I just think... Like, and Boston should be close to offensively unstoppable. We got We got to remember this conversation when we talk about the end of Boston's season next year. Yeah, for sure. Because it's going to be very telling as far as how they go out. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if they lose the way they lost to Miami, I'm not looking at Brad Stevens as the problem. Okay. I, I'll look at him as the problem. But I won't look at him as the problem, but I'll look at him as the person who could be the solution but is not. Okay, that's I could look. Yeah, that's fair. That's how I look at him now. I don't think he's the problem because I think he's a great coach. Like I don't think Terry Stotts is a great coach. So that, that's the big difference to me. I think he's a great coach and just isn't getting it done for this particular team for whatever reason. And as an owner, if I'm not like really overanalyzing it, I'm saying, okay, well, I guess you can't coach this talent. So moving on. That's fair. Um, it really, it it really blows my mind that Terry Stotts is still employed. <laughs> Me too. What if Yo, the Clippers just threw away Doc like it was all his fault? I would have fired Terry Stotts just because of all the people available now. Yeah, I would say, oh, Doc is available, Billy's available, Jason Kidd's out there. I'm firing you. I- I'm gonna find someone in this sea of opportunity. I mean, think about it. Who wouldn't want to coach? Who wouldn't want to give Portland a try? And like the top tier. I mean, it, you see it what they did. should be everybody. Right. So, you know, I'd just test the waters. D'Antoni's out there. I mean, I, I wouldn't want D'Antoni coaching Portland, but why not? Anything but Stotts. Anything. <laughs> right now. Just not Ty Lue. <laughs> or Darvin Ham. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I cannot believe the Clippers picked up the phone for Darvin Ham. I just can't believe it. That just is, is the craziest thing I've ever heard. With all the coaches available, you calling I mean you're taking yeah. calls from Darvin Ham. Yeah. Come on, man. They're not they're not trying to win. He may go there and win though, but I still would be like, you guys just really aren't trying to win. Um, 
Okay, I, I think I'm good with the NBA. Yeah, um, I mean, we could get, get into a little bit of the coaching of the NFL, too. Because uh, Atlanta finally pulled the plug. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, I, I feel, you know, I feel good because I was correct in calling for these jobs. Yeah. But it, it's so irritating that people in the organization can't see it. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I'm not even, it's one, you know, I watch the Wizards all the time, so I could... I can say I could be like critical in detail of what they're doing and not doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't watch the Falcons, and I could tell I could have told you that Dan Quinn was doing an awful job. Absolutely. I mean, same thing with Houston. I three games, and I could tell Bill O'Brien is not a good coach. Absolutely. I'm I'm starting to I'm getting a little bit curious with the Chargers. Yeah. But, They've had some major roster changes, though. Yeah, I mean but, they're they're obviously different than these other teams, but yeah, I mean in the same, I guess this is my next uh, profit call, but it's so obvious. Why is the Jets coach still a coach? I completely agree. Who is it? Adam Gase. Oh yeah, that's right. What is he, he doing? He gotta go, dude. Everything on the team is getting worse. Yeah, your your ferocious defense gone, your quarterback trash. After we got excited about him the first two years, you're all NFL running back wasted. What are you doing, <laughs> dude? You st- <laughs> when Le'Veon <laughs> was liking the tweets saying they should trade him. <laughs> Gase just said it is what it is. Dude. <laughs> oh, man. It is what it is, he says, in quotes. I mean, look, he, he had that good year in Miami, and I don't know how much of that was him because Miami has been a competitive bad team all this time. Yeah. But to me, you came to the Jets and you made them more of a joke than they already were. Yep. I don't get it. I mean, another another coach, uh, Cowboys, look, you had an awful weekend. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it because it was fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole Dak thing was just, it was just one of those really shitty sports moments. Yeah. Uh, that you hope never happens. But, yep. dude, how, how many times are you going to give up 30-plus points? Danny Dimes is moving the ball up and down the field. <laughs> I watched him the yeah. week before against the Rams. He looked like he didn't even know how to play quarterback. Yep. Dude, Mike Nolan. Whoever Mike Nolan is as a... Last time he was a coordinator, by the way, the the Falcons were the worst defensive team in the league. Mm-hmm. And that's who Mike McCarthy brought in to fix the defense. He's new this year for the Cowboys? Yep. Wow. He's Mike McCarthy's guy. Trash. Jerry. Jerry, I know you won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I know he's about to... I mean, he'll die before they win the Super Bowl <laughs> again. Oh, my God, it's dude. Bad, it just kills me that these – in football, it's so much more 
it's so much more clear cut. It is, yeah. Because there's not a, the same. Obviously, there's way less games. The games are a lot more strategic. And a lot of times, the the dysfunction is in multiple places. Like if the, the dysfunction is only with one player yes. or one, you know, offense that they do. Then you see, okay, well, something's not right there. Is the, maybe it's the player, maybe it's the offensive coordinator. But when there's dysfunction on both ends of the field, you know, special teams, um, the quarterback isn't finding anybody, he's, you know, out of it. You see that it's a co- combination of things going on. It's the coach. Coach, even if it's, maybe even if it's not the coach, if the roster is just that trash, yeah, you, you could kind of make an argument. But again, there's trash teams that are competitive. Yeah. Miami, Miami, to the first five games of last season, Miami looked like a college team. Yeah. And they've been competitive ever since. The Bengals have had years where they were completely trashed the, and still competitive. The Bengals are another team that they've been bad for years, yet they win games, yet they compete in games. Yeah. Even the Chargers, when the Chargers were losing games, they were competitive. Yep. Like, to me, in the NFL, you I would pull the plug as an NFL owner way quicker on a coach. Because mm-hmm. I don't mind running through coaches until I find, you know, Doug Peterson or Kyle Shanahan or uh, John Harbaugh yeah, or Belichick or Andy Reid. Like, all these guys are going to set the culture, and then it, you, it's just up to you to fit the roster around that. Yeah. But these, like... I can't even be mad at Cleveland. Finally, Cleveland has a real coach with real pedigree of whether it's as a coordinator or whatever. Mm-hmm. Look at them. They look like a playoff team. They're playing better than ever. Ever. Their roster yeah. didn't even change that much. No. Everybody looks like they've gotten better. Uh, Od- Odell looks better. Miles Garrett, psycho ass, looks better. <laughs> Baker Mayfield looks better. Mm-hmm. They got like six running backs all of a sudden who all look solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't understand why you're sticking to these like bombs. Why are you allowing the organization like Atlanta really needed five games to figure out that Dan Quinn was the problem? I know. And I mean, we've been saying it for the last two years. It's crazy to me, man. I I, I like they named uh, Raheem Morris the interim for now. Um, I've heard some good things about him, but you know they got a lot of they got a lot way to go. And that's Plus, another uh, thing in the NFL. You could do that, and then you get by with the interim coach, and then you go out and look. Yeah. But, yep. like, you don't have to throw away – at least give the interim coach a chance to save the season. Yeah, I agree. I think four games is, like, a good a good mark to say when you're going to fire the coach or not. I mean – Three if games, you're coming off of uh, a questionable coaching year. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's four if, you know, it's it's like a – A uh, fresh you know, Yeah. We were all right last year right. and – now we're just garbage, or we were on the edge of being garbage, but now we're complete garbage, then, okay, yeah, 
like four games. But if you're you've been garbage and garbage and garbage, and like you gotta just you gotta stop it. You gotta stop it before it's too late. Cause now, like you said, you throw away a quarter of the season. It's over. Yeah, you're not coming back from this. Right. So now, what do you do? You just hang out for the rest of the season, waste your players' primes. Yeah, now it's like you didn't, you didn't even want the option to for your interim coach to look good or build their own culture, right? Or anything. Yeah. You're just wasting the few concussions these players can have in yeah. their lifetimes. And you see with the <laughs> with Dak how fast careers can come to a screeching halt. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, hope Dak gets a full recovery in six months. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I hope he stays as a cowboy, to be honest. Me too. I don't know what that's going to look like if he has to kind of play on, like, the cam deal yeah, for a year. But uh, I really like him on the Cowboys. One of the few things I like about the Cowboys last couple it, of years. He looks like he belongs there. Yes. I'd, oh, by the way, I'd fire Mike McCarthy in, like, two or three games if they keep losing. In his first season? 100%. Because they're not, they're not just, like... They're not competitive, but Dak is coming up short. No, yeah, they I, look, I know what you mean. They look significantly worse than they did with Jason Garrett. Yeah, and and they did such a good job, you know, assembling this talent, and then they just waste it. You know, they don't even use it. This is like, again, I question what Jerry Jones is doing. So, Demarcus Lawrence, you paid insane money. Yeah. Where has he been since you paid him? Because it hasn't been on the field. I haven't noticed right. him. No, you're right. Uh, what about uh, Amari Cooper? You pay him. Why has he been so mediocre since you paid him? Right. He's at like one. The Cleveland game was his only good game. And then uh, who's the linebacker? Jalen Smith. Where has he yeah. been? Weak. You look at Zeke. Zeke just got paid. Zeke held out and got and won the holdout. Yep. And he's underperformed ever since. And they don't, they barely even use him, man. It's crazy. But Dak, but the, we draw the line with Dak Prescott. Right. We're gonna the save who, money on our quarterback situation. And you know he's not the best in the league or anything, but to me he's the most valuable they have. But again, I mean. The, if you don't Most have valuable a, player they have. Exactly. If you don't have an upgrade option, you can't. That's why Kirk Cousins gets paid. That's why right. some of these mediocre quarterbacks are getting paid. Because if they're competent enough, they can provide stability for your solid foundation. Yep. And the Cowboys are on like, they've had a solid foundation that they've built and they just started fucking it up over the last three, four years. Yep. Yeah. Solid is to it, man. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We're going to be talking a lot more football next, like, two months, three months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Titans, dang. Working the Bills. 
Yeah, man. Josh Allen's been kind of disappointing. Since he was on fire. Yeah, man. It's my first time getting a chance to see him. Yeah. But, you know, the Titans are good, so. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm re- You got anything else? Um, No, that's it. The draft is coming up pretty soon. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, apparently these some of these coaches are trying to make crazy moves. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if they're going to let um, those trades happen and stuff. You know, uh, I'm sure the draft night trades, but I wonder if they'll be able to trade before the draft night. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, um, normally, I think, you know, when they don't have free agency and stuff, they just can't trade until the night. You know, they got to work it out on draft night. Mm-hmm. Oh. I will say, so, um, oh, by the way, the Jets released uh, Le'Veon. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> no, but... Um, he might be a good pickup, though. Maybe. Watch Tampa Bay pick him up. <laughs> no, uh, what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. The draft, the, the players. Yes, if, if the Timberwolves keep their number one pick, I'm very curious who they're going to get. Yeah, me too. If if they're going to keep it and who they're going to get, for sure. I imagine they keep it, but I could also see a scenario when they're, you know, where they don't. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of players out there they could, you know, trade for that could fit um <laughs> they could they could try to swing the Booker trade that they've been wanting to do. Trade everybody on the team except for D'Angelo and Towns for Booker, basically. Honestly, man, I think they're closer than like they have seemed over the last couple years. I agree. Uh and Butler showed that. They've they've also had some, you know, coaching coaching roulette. Yeah. Going they, on. They're they're a team that also needs to find like a culture setter. Yeah, they do. But they, uh, they, it was tough, man, losing Flip Saunders. Yeah. Uh, that kind of, like, threw them off. Absolutely. As far as going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Young Flip is doing his thing, though. Yeah. Again, he's he's shown that they're not as bad as, you know, you looking at their roster, you would think they are. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see where they go. Uh, I, I like um, the idea of D'Angelo, you know, stepping into their offense, being a catalyst for their offense. Uh, I think they've been missing something like that um, up there for a while. Yeah, and, and on, on this whole, you know, it's been a while now, similar to what I said with, with Simmons, like it's time to start shooting the ball. Cat, mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not a average power forward, bro. I agree. Start start taking over every night. Yeah. Like that that whole sometimes he's unstoppable, sometimes he's non-existent. Mm-hmm. That that shit has to stop. Yeah. Or I, I want to see like Sacramento Boogie Cousins numbers up there for him. Man, I'm I'm not going to that crazy cuz you're setting the bar way too high. <laughs> he gets close to that. Yeah, on his good days, but I need him to Kind of like Butler, dude. I just need you to be aggressive full time. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. it's okay if you're getting strapped and you're playing like shit. It's mm-hmm. okay. That's gonna happen. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah, that doesn't mean, oh, my shitty teammates need to shoot every other time. Right. I definitely don't want to see that. Yeah, and obviously the Timberwolves are way worse if they do that than, like, Miami. Yeah. So. They got Malik Beasley, and then he caught the gun charge. Did you see that? Are you serious? Yeah. He got, um, hold on, let me find it. He got arrested, like, a month ago. I like, dude, I like some of their players, man. I like, uh, the, the defensive guy. Uh, uh, Okoji, is that right? Yeah, Okoji, yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like Culver. I do too. Texas Tech, dude. Yeah. He looks solid. Yeah, Malik Beasley released from jail after arrest on marijuana and weapons charge. Concealing, uh, receiving and concealing stolen weapons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's probably done. But um I like their roster. I thought he was a really, you know, nice low key addition to their roster too. I was thinking um cuz who did the Nuggets traded him for like nothing. So maybe, you know, maybe they saw something. Yeah. Do they still maybe. Do the Nuggets still have uh, Hernan Gomez? Or... No, he he's on he's on the Timberwolves. Okay. Yeah. They also have um <laughs> I don't remember them getting Evan Turner. They've got him somehow and James Johnson. Oh, from Miami. Justice Winslow's yeah. sitting there too, right? Uh no, Winslow's on Memphis. It was that weird remember it was like a crazy like six team trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause um uh What's his name? From he's on the Rockets now. Uh, yeah, Covington. Yeah, Covington got there. Gerald Green went to the Nuggets. Beasley went went to um, Minnesota. Johnson went to Minnesota. Winslow and then Iguodala to you know. Yeah, messy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, do I can't believe I can't believe they snuck Crowder and Iguodala in that for all the other pieces that got moved around. Hey man, Pat, Pat Riley is no joke. Yeah, man. I, there's no way I would have let that happen if I was Memphis. They got nothing. I mean, they got James Johnson just dropped him. And then Winslow, who, you know, what's he going to do when he comes back? He said people are sleeping on him and he's going to wake him up. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't significant enough for me to, you know, bring it up or, or talk to you about it. <laughs> they got Jake Lehman and Omari uh Spellman up there in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean it, it's gonna come down to cat and deloading, man. <laughs> Long story short. Yes. That's why I could picture them I could picture them packaging some of those guys in the first pick for something <laughs> I, I could see it because to me getting a pick and putting it on this team now I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I even want it you know uh, 
Because then you have to build when you have two guys. No, I'd rather do that because then you have the luxury of, like, we're kind of building. Oh, to excuse your losing? Yes, They're going to be losing anyway. I don't care how good they get. (laughs) As far as the first pick goes, I mean, I think even if they did trade and got, um, like, a solid starter, they still would be... I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did some random shit, like got Lamelo just to move him for a couple pieces. That's what I mean. I think that's I think that's a possibility. Absolutely, uh, they don't take Lamelo. Like, take any of the other guys. You could Lamelo being thing. first pick is gonna be insane. It's gonna, you know the, <laughs> you know Levar is gonna be everywhere. Interview, right? interview, yeah. yeah. I hope they ask him about the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't he say some bullshit like uh like LeBron's never winning a title without Lonzo or some nonsense like that? Yeah, he did. Nice. <laughs> what you just sent me? Uh, <laughs> where is where is most Bates at? By the way, sit on the couch. Wow. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with music and football and uh, the World Series should be going on by then I think too uh, I'll probably watch some of that baseball man no offense to baseball fans but it's tough watching baseball all year long I really don't know how you guys do dude it. they need to they need to capitalize on this quarantine yeah, they do. This shorter season thing is so much better. Yeah. I don't care. Sure. Oh, some of the purists are complaining like, oh, you don't get to see who's good. And uh, the one of the teams is like under 500 and they made it. They need to figure out a way to make baseball more exciting in general. Yeah, I don't I know mean, how they do that. I don't want them to change rules or anything, but... Man, I mean, it's hard to even follow the stars. And I like... You know, I recognize the stars for the teams, you know, but... I don't. It's it's <laughs> it's hard to follow. It is. There's so many teams, they play so often. Sometimes guys don't play, you know, then the different rules between the leagues. So, yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough. But that World Series, though, that's always exciting. Oh, dude, speaking of other sports, man, what an ass-whooping I watched the other day. <laughs> yep. Dude, I, I got up, or I set an alarm to get up, and I didn't go to bed early, so I was really mad. I was like, you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to be tired as shit, but it doesn't matter because it's a vicious matchup. Yeah. I'm talking about Nadal versus Djokovic in the French Open, by the way. Yep. Man, that was not a good matchup that day. Man, I, I, I'm not, I mean... It was bad, but I'm not surprised, man. It's he's the French Open god. He is, yeah, and he's, you know, he's healthy again. I think quarantine helped him out with that. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Not long, I promise. Yeah. It, it looked like just watching it, I was like, man, he he has not learned. Like his game really hasn't, like Federer made significant changes to his game. Djokovic kind of made significant defensive changes yeah uh even murray for a short time kind of adjusted how he played 
Yeah, Serena too. Nadal is Nadal is what he's been. Yep, reckless, all out. Yeah, his his arm like <laughs> it's weird. It just my arms hurt watching him hit the ball. I know, especially because he like he like defies physics by kind of going away from his momentum to still beam the ball across the court. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, he like moves his left shoulder to hit it harder with his uh, right shoulder. <laughs> yes, like it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it works for him, you know. This is his fourth in a row now. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty for the French. That's crazy, man. He has, he's done it. Uh, he has four four peats. I'm sorry, three four peats in the uh, French Open. Dude, so he's at like what fifteen Grand Slams or something like that. Grand Slams, yeah. I have it right here actually. Um, he might see, catch 12, better. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. He is 19. He is 19. Damn, how much yeah. does Federer have right now? Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Let me check. 20. Oof. Yeah. So it looks like Federer he's catching better, him. He better keep playing. He better keep uh, staying healthy for that August to September stretch. Yeah. That French Open time. Right. Honestly, he should just take... I would just take the French Open off, honestly, if I was Federer. Why play? Yeah. I mean, letting it all have that one and just... He'll be hurt. You'll get two easy ones in, like every other year, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, man. From '05 to '08, he won four times in a row. From '10 to '14, he won four times in a row. And I believe he was just hurt those next two years, because in '17, '18, '19, '20, he won. So, I will yeah, say, man. I, I will start watching more uh, Champions League if that if I could catch the show times. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Um. What music will we have next week? Uh, I downloaded a Reason. He's from uh, TDE. Yep, yep. Uh, I, heard, I heard good things about that. Supposedly, he's starting like he's starting off, kicking off their, you know, label stretch of their artists releasing shit finally. Okay. But no, that better not, not be that Cap. excited. I would be really mad. I'm not, I'm not too excited for that, but I'll I'll take it. I'm only excited for Kendrick out of there, really. I mean, Schoolboy left a good taste in my mouth with the uh, last one. He can't be coming again, can he, though? Yeah, that was when like was a that? year and a half ago. Oh, yeah, he could be coming. I, I guess I was excluding him because I thought he'd be, uh, he'd be on break. SZA, too, is coming. Um. Mm. Uh, I've been on She's a good R&B like... run, so hopefully she doesn't fuck that up for me. Me too. I mean, she's been gone for like four years, right? Since Control? Yeah. That was 2016? I need to go back to that. Yeah. Because I just, I did not like it. But I feel like I might have not liked it because everybody else just was sucking it. 
<laughs> well, I know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's get out of here. We've been talking about random shit the last like, 10, 20 minutes. All right. Uh, just a throwback today. Uh, salute to L.A. This is um, L.A. by uh, MERS, and we'll be back next time. I'm from L.A. California A. Hot. Days got shade. Let me take you around the way. A lot of out of towners can't handle this city where you wear the wrong color and it can't get tricky. But that was 86 and things done change. We a lot more evolved with the way that we bang. Not the rips and the dogs. Man, the smog might kill you. But you ain't kind of worry if you're staying north of Wilshire. Don't be scared of Crenshaw, the Slauson Super Mall, or Earl's Hot Dogs. Man, you gotta do what y'all. Come on, come to the hood where we do the most good. Magic Johnson be owning everything like he should. Linwood, Long Beach, Hawthorne, Gardena. From the towers in Watts to the hills of Altadena. The home of the traffic and that gangbang culture. And I hope the way we do the damn thing don't insult you. I'm from L.A. Southern California through the West Coast. Where everybody is somebody and the game is fame. Do everything with the bang and everybody want to know what sex you claim. Well, I'm from L.A. Southern California through the West Coast. Where everybody is somebody and the game is fame. Do everything with the bang and everybody want to know what sex you claim. The land with the six foes. Hop up and get low. Your favorite rapper getting jacked for more than his sick flows. Home of the pornos. We mess up war shows. The weather's always warm, so the women wear short clothes. Our beaches ain't the cleanest, but our is the greenest. And we got the blind bombshells and sick Latinas. The mix in the dark skin, light skin sisters where you never have to wear your triple goose. On Christmas, you can miss us with the blizzards and the winners. The hurricanes, lessons, and some glasses with some actresses. Perfect frame silicone really don't matter if she paid for it. Every single trend, you could probably think and lay for it. Bandanas, faceless, quick trips to Vegas, white t-shirt, Chuck Taylors or them K-Swiss, pop locking, crip walking, chronic blunts, G-Funk, a place that everybody hates, but you gotta see once. L.A. <laughs> Southern California through the West Coast Where everybody is somebody and the game is fame Do everything with the bang and everybody wanna know what sex you claim well, I'm from L.A. Southern California through the West Coast Where everybody is somebody and the game is fame Do everything with the bang and everybody wanna know what sex you claim, you claim. You claim.